Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Love to See It, the podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and tell you all about them. I'm your host this week, Stephen Strum. It's been a while, but of course, I am not alone. I'm joined by one Merritt K. Hey, hack the planet, baby. Hack the planet, Merritt. That's a and good a, intro. And a, and a hack the planet to you as well. Uh, top, top of the hack the planet to you. <laughs> Uh, you know, if Merritt is hacking the planet, then I think that, um, there's somebody else that we should also, uh, have on this episode. Somebody who is very impressive, superhero-like even, which is LB Hugtears. Am I superhero-like? Really? I mean, well, if we're- In terms of like, hacking ability. In terms of hacking ability, yeah. I really think of myself as more of a Lorraine Bracco here, ah. where I'm like, <laughs> rabbit, flu shot, somebody talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> cancer? Brain cancer? What's going on? <laughs> what? What does that mean? Uh, I don't you- even know how to use a VCR. <laughs> If you haven't already guessed, you could probably discern that we are talking about uh, Hackers this week, which had its, God, what was it, its 35th, 25th anniversary uh, last week on the same day as my birthday. So I share a birthday with Hackers. Uh, Jordo said it was actually the 75th anniversary of Hackers. Um, It's a talkie. It's one of the first talkies. (laughs) Starring Ada Lovelace herself in a cameo role. (laughs) See here, uh, use mugs. We gotta hack the planet. What? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is the film. Uh, I've got the uh, description here on Wikipedia as usual, as uh, one Danielle uh, set up for us. But Hackers is a 1995 American crime film directed by Ian Softley and starring Johnny Lynn Miller, Angelina Jolie, Bra- Jesse Bradford, Matthew Liller, Lawrence Mason. Renoli, Santiago, Lorraine Bracco, and Fisher Stevens. The film follows a group of high school hackers and their involvement in a corporate extortion conspiracy. Made in the 1990s when the internet was unfamiliar to the general public, it reflects the ideals laid out in the hacker manifesto quoted in the film. Quote, This is our world now. The world of the electron and the switch. We exist without skin color, without nationality, without religious bias, and you call us criminals. Yes, I am a criminal. My name, no, sorry, my crime is that of curiosity. The film received mixed reviews from critics <laughs> and underperformed at the box office upon release, but has gone on to achieve cult classic status. Uh, just to kind of get things rolling, uh, can I ask what uh, everybody's familiarity with the film Hackers is? LB? Uh, LB, do, have oh, you seen Hackers yeah. before? I have seen Hackers before many times. Uh, I was actually surprised that I didn't have it on a hard drive. I do have it on a hard drive. I just don't know which one. Um, sure, sure, sure. So I did have to watch it. So I did have to stream it, which was a big surprise. This is like one of my comfort movies. I've mm. seen this a ton. It's like, if it's, it doesn't really get much TV play. I feel like it should be one of those things that gets a lot of TV yeah. play. Because it's like, it's a, it's that kind of like heisty movie that you can kind of pick up wherever and kind of watch over and over. Totally. Which is like one of my favorite kinds of movies. So yeah. Uh, quite familiar with the film hackers. Nice, yeah. How about you all? Uh, oh, I mean, of course, I own a hard copy of it on eighteen discrete floppies. Um, every uh, fifteen <laughs> minutes of the movie set thereupon um, that I wear in my pants and pull out like guns, like six shooters in the old west at all times. It's a very cool <laughs> dude move. 
Uh, so I do that all the time. Uh, no, I had seen this movie right around the time that it came out when I was five years old at the time. Uh, nice. Did not understand most of what was going on um, and hadn't really watched it much ever since. I was vaguely familiar with it. One of my very good friends, Sabriel, friend of the site as well. It's one of her favorite movies of all time. So um, I hear references to it quite a lot from her, but uh, hadn't really revisited it until just now. Uh, Merritt, how about you? Uh, I had heard a lot about Hackers prior to watching it for the first time last night. Um, but yeah, no, this was my first my first time. Uh, I would have been in single digits mm-hmm. in age when this film came out. So I wasn't really in the target demo. I think I was a little too young. It was uh, kind of before my time. But uh, yeah, I watched it for the first time last night with uh, Danielle, who uh, is not on this pod because she is on vacation yeah she had also seen it she had seen it many times before oh this feels like a movie i'm almost kind of upset that we decided i mean i know worked out that way there's so many rash guards in this movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah danielle was actually the costume designer for the film uh kind Mm -hmm. of uncredited role uh in the production we do have to disclose that though because uh you know we're so Uh, close to the issue Mm -hmm. bias Mm -hmm. right yeah just the bias of that i mean i'm is danielle a big rash guard wearer oh yeah i mean yeah she she does mma so you wear those for for wrestling all the time (laughs) she wears i thought you only wore those for like surfing and stuff but yeah that makes sense i was gonna say yeah she wears them more for practical reasons and less for like Mm -hmm. i would say the film's um just sort of general fashion sense uh throughout this movie which is just fucking incredible from like the jump um it's like one of the first thing that stands out to me about this movie is just everybody looks incredible right yeah i mean this is okay this movie is just like very much a 90s movie and um i want to dive into a little bit about what that means because i think people just sort of say things like that now and don't really they're just like oh it's so 90s like what do you fucking mean by that right. like it's a, it looks like a, the seinfeld logo um i think this movie is very 90s in terms of its aesthetics but also it's it's aesthetics not just like the costuming and like the the cgi stuff but like it's political kind of yeah angle. the ideology oh, yeah. is so 90s it's very idealistic in a way that it would be impossible to do post 9-11 um yeah this is a very like 90s the internet is this new exciting thing and we are finding freedom on it and it is going to eradicate all of these barriers because everyone's the same when you're behind a keyboard and you're just talking online and obviously that proved to be uh not true and uh, (laughs) this sort of idealistic image of the internet that this movie was uh trumpeting really rapidly fell apart and and honestly never really was never really existed no what people talk about it as i mean it certainly was a very different world and there was this excitement to it and i think um in many ways was better than what we have now which is a very corporatized centralized internet but obviously you know like um just the act of being online never really erased these social differences in the ways that i think a lot of people hoped that it would right but this movie is just like, what if it did though? Yeah. But like, what you know, we all know that the internet turned out to be uh, horrible and corporatized, and everyone turned out to just basically be Fisher Stevens' character. But what this film presupposes is, what if it wasn't? 
what if it wasn't? What if it wasn't terrible? What if, I mean, honestly, there is a weird sort of, this is, you know, 1995. I think the movie takes place in like 1998 or something. Um, cause it, cause we open on a shot of 1990, of 1988. So it wouldn't be, no, it would be 95 then. It's 95. It, yeah. The, the film opens with a uh, shot of Johnny Lee Miller's character, sort of the central protagonist of the film, um, as an 11-year-old boy being raided by just fucking in, in the middle of Idaho <laughs> by the fucking like massive um, Adult Swim ter- Tim and Eric sketch version of a SWAT team <laughs> that just bursts into the room um, while his mom is like making pancakes or something <laughs> and they just like take a fucking battery grab and slam past and run up into his room um, and then we get uh, cut to a courtroom where he is being tried as uh, cr- uh, no not uh, a zero cool an online hacker in the 80, late 80s who crashed 1,157 systems in one day or something like that. Um, so cool. It's so cool. It's superhero-like even. Um, and they uh, we, we see like little 11-year-old uh, Johnny Lee Miller who's uh, playing a character called Dade. Not Dave. Dade. 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 You know, Dade. <laughs> My good Welcome to the Dave. future. Welcome to the 90s where people have names like Dade. <laughs> yeah, the, the far-flung future of 1995 where people have names like Dade and uh, Freak, but spelt with a PH, which is very phone, good. That's, it's because phone freaking. <laughs> Was phone freaking always spelled that way? I guess I yeah, didn't realize that. Yeah, like, because phone... Wait, what's phone freaking? Oh, okay, that's what they do in the movie. Okay, they do so this it, yeah. Is, I'm going to drop, oh, I'm gonna okay, drop yeah, some sorry, knowledge thought, on y'all. Uh, that's like with the... That's like hacking with a... Um, with a yeah, basically, okay. This is like a very early form of hacking that emerged in the eighties and nineties. Is um, when people realized that you could trick like dial tone telephones into because they worked based on like the sound, right? It wasn't that the uh-huh. phone knew like, that you had like pressed like a they button. do with the uh, micro tape little player. Yeah, right. exactly. So the like movie. they the phones worked based on like the the tones, not like it's not like oh you press 2 and the phone on the other end knows that you press 2, it hears the tone. And so you they realized that you could trick phones into doing all kinds of shit just by playing the correct tones back to them. Yep. Uh and it was called phone freaking. It was this huge thing and uh yeah, uh the freak uh, does it a lot in this film too. The Phantom Freak, when, my favorite character. When he's introduced, yeah. he's uh calling an international phone number on like a payphone in the school and it's sort of like if you don't realize like what he's doing that's kind of innocuous at first but then you realize like oh no he's doing this for free because he's the phantom freak mm-hmm. that's so cool and that's his very long wallet chain <laughs> yes oh my god uh Sorry. i definitely yeah. had a wallet okay chain yeah just like let's that just, let's just go through the cast of this movie real quick because basically you fast forward and um dade is now in his senior year and uh, he's starting at a new school in New York fucking city. New York city. It's New York, baby, in the there's 90s. There's no grass here. Uh, there's no grass. No one has a yard because it's New York. Uh, and uh, when was the Super Mario Brothers movie? I just want to place this. Okay, two years earlier. Okay, cool. So New York has recovered from the whole dinosaur thing. And uh, So wait, this takes place in the same canon? Yeah, of course. Of course. Every movie in New York takes place in the, same, in the New York Cinematic Universe. The, yeah, the NYCU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he moves in and um, he sort of, you know, assumed a new identity. He's still hacking, 
but he calls himself Crash Override now. And uh, but like this is his first time he can have a like he can get he has access to a computer again yes. now because now he's eighteen and he hasn't had right. he hasn't been able to touch a computer for the last seven yes. years. Uh, yes. Neither a computer and nor a touch tone telephone. Nor a touch tone phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he hacks into uh, the TV station because they're playing some like racial hate stuff and it's, he wants it's like a them bill to o'reilly play. type yeah and he's like i want to watch the utter limits and so he like hacks into the tv station to like switch the tapes but then uh uh-oh acid burn is also in there and like they get into this big fight and uh such a good meet cute he gets beaten <laughs> and then um yeah he goes to school and we we are introduced to this cast of characters which is the just, coolest people who have ever not existed people in the world <laughs> so i mean you've got dade who uh, is is young Johnny Lee Miller, just like this very like handsome little boy, like just a you know a fancy boy, um, just a hot twenty five year old teen who is just yeah. he's been ever so good. And uh, might he have a lolly? Uh, <laughs> and he has his bleached hair, uh, which is very cool. And um, so yeah, we meet um, we meet the Phantom Freak. Emmanuel uh, Goldstein is the well, real. Emmanuel no, Goldstein no, no, sorry, that's a uh, serial killer. I'm looking at the list right killer. now. We meet, we meet yeah, Ramon Sanchez, Ramon Sanchez is Ramon the Phantom Sanchez, Freak who wears yeah. all who was like seems to always have on like something cat related. So yep. like mm-hmm. first it's like cheetah print with leopard print. Yep, he's and, mixing and then he has like, like a really cute like cat like 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 a like a shirt like a little kid would wear like a like a adorable cat t-shirt yeah i like have such a crush on fans and freak he's like it's very good character. and then okay and yeah. they all yeah i do want to talk about matthew Lillard's I, character being oh named God God damn, Goldstein because okay so you know um dade basically gets tricked by angelina jolie's character kate uh into getting trapped on the roof and then getting rained on very funny. Everybody laugh. Oh, it's um, hilarious. And then there we really sort of start uh, getting introduced to these other characters and um, they're doing something in a class. Like he gets himself put in her class to like get revenge on her uh, by using his hacking skills. And um, they're doing something where they just like write lyrics on the blackboard <laughs> to like, <laughs> like introduce themselves. Yeah. yeah. It's like write your favorite like poetry or something. And um which is actually like a very 90s teacher mm, like oh, yes. way to start off the school year in like an advanced English class. And of like, okay, everybody, write your favorite quote so, and we'll discuss it because I'm cool. So Sorry. Uh, Matthew Lillard's character, first of all, writes an Ozzy Osbourne quote. And then when he's asked what his name is, says Emmanuel Goldstein. And I'm like, oh, what a funny joke because that's the name of the guy from 1984. No, that is his character's name though. Right. Like and his, he references and, 1984 later on in the movie. Yes. <laughs> so that means that either he has changed his name to Emmanuel Goldstein or his parents were such big fans of it that they were like, Emmanuel, we're our last name's Goldstein. You got to be Emmanuel. <laughs> there is a lot of like, we don't really see much parent uh, stuff outside of Johnny Lee Miller's character, outside of uh, Dade's mom. Um, but there is like a reference to how his like parents missed Woodstock and he's making up for it is like yeah, how Ramon describes yes. him. Yeah, no, there's very few parents in this film. Par- there's a few moms. There's, I think there's basically only moms Yep. aside from the very yeah. beginning. There's just moms and moms are just there to like support you and be really nice and, uh, and tell you to go to sleep and tell you to go to sleep. And like, Stop other- hacking. otherwise it's like this, this weird, like fantastical world of like, 
teens basically just doing whatever the fuck they want in New York City. And it's just like, God, that's the dream, right? Oh, to be a teen yeah. in 95, just going to hacker parties and shit. Playing that fucking a prototype rule. wipeout. Hacker parties. Playing a prototype of a wipeout with two joysticks on like a big platform where everyone can see how cool you are. Yeah. And everybody's rollerblading. Everyone's rollerblading. a cool hacker nightclub. Where uh, there's a bunch of more, more, much more cool people outside selling computers, <laughs> records, and then mixtapes that are thematically based on celebrity death. Yep. On, uh, on yeah. celebrities who choked on their own vomit. Today, uh-huh. uh, Matthew Lillard in this is like, I love him so much. His character like, is just, he's the wild man, right? He's like the, the wild card, the... And I, I feel like we can't talk about his character without kind of talking about something else about this movie, which is that it has this very like, like I feel like there is this current to hacker stuff that now has become parodied and like domesticated. And, and I think uh, with, you know, jokes about programmer socks and stuff like that. And all those people now work for like corporations and things. But there was kind of this current in the 90s where hacking uh, was kind of associated with this incipient queerness, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so that's something that I had heard about this movie a lot before I saw it, is that, well, this movie is so queer and not gay. Uh, it was specifically framed that way, as like, this is so queer. And it's like, when Matthew Lillard's character shows up with these like four pigtails. Four pigtails flanking like, tiny his head. little glasses and like, he's just wearing, everyone's wearing crop tops in this movie also, just oh. like everybody in, in the um, scene where Matthew Lillard um, is in that class writing the Ozzy Osbourne lyrics, uh, Ozzy Osbourne lyrics, he is wearing like a skin tight sort of Under Armour <laughs> shirt with yeah. a like baby doll crop top sort of thing going on over it or whatever. And then like later on in the movie, he's got like a halter top and is like pulling his nipples out through the side and stuff. And like, yeah, his whole look throughout this entire movie is just incredible. And he's like. I feel like, you know, whatever, he went on to play Shaggy and stuff in those uh, Scooby-Doo movies eventually. Like, he's always had that kind of look to him, but he's, like, rail thin in this movie and has, oh, like, yeah, this I know. incredibly twinkish energy to him. He's like, like a very tree tall. person. Yeah. He's, yeah. <sighs> I mean, the, the like, the queerness of this movie is such a, like, and, like, I'm sure we'll get into it, like, as we, as we, like, dive into the Kate Dade burgeoning romance but like it does feel like Dade has just like accidentally stumbled into this like hacker polycule yeah at his <laughs> cool people <laughs> high school uh-huh <laughs> but where, uh-huh. like yeah I like, just kind of feel that way and like not in and then like the in like a very so much of this movie takes these like things that should this movie should be so fucking cringe yeah but like no yeah. it's so cool well, here's, here's that, the, i think part of why that is if i may yes please please please. this movie i feel like is made at a time before a lot of the stuff is codified and before it right like i mm. said was kind of domesticated so yeah there is this kind of language for these things um but it only exists among like very fragmented splintered groups of people and not in the kind of accepted way that we have today of like, oh, if you do this, you are this kind of person. If you do this, you're this right. kind of person. Um, and, um, you know, now <laughs> we're at a point where like, uh, for a bunch of reasons, like political, technical, economic, the characters in this movie, um, if this movie were made today, would be uh, 
insufferable and also going to work at Facebook or like at uh, Google or something and all the while being like really like defensive about that fact like yeah. or they would have been assassinated by the like who by whoever nameless government entities when they were like right 16. yeah <laughs> Yes, yeah. One of those two things. Um, Yeah, that's the thing is like, there's a fucking lot. Actually, probably still insufferable. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah, that's, uh, I was just going to say there's like a fucking lot, like a lot, a lot of scenes in this movie of just cops breaking into various like children's homes to point assault weapons at them. And the real world version of that is like, oh, those kids are just dead. Um, Like, that's how that actually goes. Um, Somebody gets shot and then the cops are like, I don't know, tried to resist or whatever. But like in this movie, the cops are just like, they're the bad guys, but they're like bumbling fucking morons that just kind of like exist to be this. Uh, nascent sort of amorphous threat and to be bounced around between the two real factors here which is uh fisher stevens character the plague and um the hackers themselves who just kind of like constantly um like trick the the police and the secret service of the united states uh who is involved for some reason um constantly just like um changing their records and setting up like spoof accounts and like redirecting them to the wrong locations and tricking them into arresting each other and all this other stuff that is going on. Um, and there is like a kind of anarchic quality to a lot of that stuff too. Like there was literally a shot where one of the secret service people is like reading the hacker manifesto and talks about how like, ah, this is commie shit or whatever. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like pre, Ronald Ray like or no pre 9-11 post Ronald Reagan 90s like uh, accepted neoliberal America was just like th- like this is the same like decade that brings us movies like Wall Street and stuff like that where it's like the rebellion at the time looked like rebelling against people who wore suits and stuff like that so of course they have the Secret Service just constantly wearing suits and whatever mm-hmm. uh, that's how you get to the Matrix too the Matrix like takes a lot of that imagery and like you know kind right. of subverts it um, I do want to point out that there's those two Secret Service guys. I don't know who one of them is. He's the bald guy who's like commie shit. The guy who says that that sounds cool is Mark Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony is <laughs> in this so movie and he this. has maybe like three lines. Yeah. He's mostly just there. And there's one point where he goes undercover at a hacker's party and is basically doing a like, what's up, fellow TV? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And Mark uh, Anthony does kind of look a little bit like Steve Buscemi. I'm just going to say, too. Like, he does there's a, a little, there's a little bit, bit yeah, of that energy. There is a bit of, of he's got the Buscemi eyes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. This is, also, like, this is Grammy Award winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, singer and artist. Former husband of Jennifer Lopez, Mark Anthony. Right. Were they very listeners who may not be familiar made? with that. Uh, what? No, no, no. That was uh, in the early aughts. Yeah, 2004. I've got his Wikipedia open up here. Uh, Oh, great. Okay. As Um, I do. So, (laughs) yeah, this, like, yeah, it's very, it's like utopian almost. Um, And it is about, like, you know, they talk about, oh, the password, one of the most used passwords is God, (laughs) which is just, like, insane to me. Uh, If if true. Big if true. But then there is uh, much later on, Uh, Matthew Lillard's character when he's being broadcast on TV is like, I feel like God. And like, that's basically, you have these like, you know, young, beautiful demigods who Mm -hmm. can affect the world in ways that other people that may as well be fucking magic to other people at this point in time. No one really knows what the internet is. No one really knows what a hacker is. Um, 
computer technologies are like not well protected enough because people don't understand like how any of this shit works. Uh, no one knows about social engineering, so he's able to just call and get the guy to read the fucking name off right. the, or the number off the modem. And um, yeah, which, which is, is like that's that how stuff doesn't uh, happen anymore. But this it's, is Eddie Vedder from accounting. This is Eddie Vedder, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kawasaki. Oh my god! Yeah, he do, he plays up this sort of like sort of slightly racist businessman motif to like talk to a security guard and just get him into the thing or whatever, which is like fun because that's like when people talk about um, '90s hacker movies, I think they talk about hackers and they talk about sneakers, right? And like sneakers is the one that everybody's like, oh, this is what hacking really looks like, which is it's a lot of low tech solutions to high tech problems because low tech solutions are like just not taken into account as well as they should be like social engineering. But hackers has like a lot of that too, actually, like a lot of the actual like black magic hacking looking stuff is mostly just um, little montages every once in a while of them sitting at a computer. And then they actually have some like, especially during the part where he's trying to watch reruns of the outer limits um, and turn off like the O'Reilly sort of stand in. Um, they have like a cool thing that they do where it's like, well, we can't show what hacking looks like because that lo- would look boring. So instead, we're going to take a bunch of TV footage of mm-hmm. all of these different movies and um, reruns and stuff that they're doing to show like the action, like that Bumblebee talking in a Transformers very movie. Good. Yeah, that that show. Yeah, showing them fighting with like the battling to put the different TV shows on and like the sword fighting and like the dancing and all this stuff. That scene is just expertly done. It's such a smart way to do that. It's incredible. uh, And then they do a bunch of that later in which I read about this too, when they do show like shots of like the weird magic floating code in space, like looking at the matrix type stuff. My God, I was reading about it. Apparently they didn't actually use any like computer graphics for any of those shots. It's all like hand animated and rotoscoped and stuff because that's beautiful. That's so cool. Cause they were like, well, cause at the time, especially, and I would say this is still probably true. Like 3d stuff just looked flat and didn't look like it fit, but where they were like, well, 2d stuff, like when you put it on the screen still looks right. And in a way, some like for as completely nonsensical as it is to have Joey, this uh, sort of dipshit uh, hanger on that they hang out with. Boy meets world. Yeah, boy meets world. He's like their, he's like a freshman or something, right? He's like their little baby friend. I need need a handle. He's got braces. Without a handle. What about, uh, lasered, uh, Dr. <laughs> Ultra Doom. Laser. Ultra laser. There's a scene in the hacker club where he's like talking about his hack and he's holding a cigarette in each one of his hands. Uh-huh. And it's just like my favorite detail. Uh, yeah, because he's, well, that's another thing this movie gets really, really right, I would say, to like take it back to that a little bit is like the behavior of the characters is so similar to a lot of like my friend groups at the time of like people who were in the know about something and really wanted to like, keep up a mystique of it and then treating some had had to have somebody in the group who was like lower down the pole than them so that they could like pretend like they knew more or act like they knew more about a certain thing and that is joey to them in a lot of ways is like and then joey is yeah like the kind of guy who would definitely think uh if smoking a cigarette makes me look more adult than smoking two <laughs> cigarettes makes me look <laughs> really <retainer> <laughs> um it's really good i really really love like yeah, they like it, there is that as cool as they are and as much as they are dressed like th- literally the coolest people I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I think if everyone like I want fan bite, I want us to all dress like this. Hell yes. Um that's my dream. Uh they do act 
and they actually act pretty cool, but they also act like such dipshits. Oh yeah, and like like the dunking on the dunking on the the younger kid who doesn't know as much stuff is like a very teen thing. Totally. Um, even if they are all in their twenties and beautiful <laughs> and dressed like the coolest people in all of history. Oh my god. Leading up to and like that cycles back to the like nascent queerness that Merritt was talking about a minute ago. Like we there's this whole middle act of the movie is basically this hacker battle between Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller between Acid Burn and uh, Crash Override where basically the fucking um <laughs> final um reward for either of them is that um if he wins they have to go out on a date together. Because it's again, it's a teen movie in that from that era. Because that's just how things work in those worlds. And if he wins, she has to wear a dress on their date. And then uh, if she wins, he has to be uh, her slave and also wear a dress. Which does lead to a scene of like her having like a sexy dream at night of like seeing Johnny Lee Miller in like a vinyl zip up dress, like leotard thing. <laughs> which uh, the movie just kind of like. <laughs> throws out there and then just mm-hmm. drops and it doesn't really address in any way but I thought it was just very like okay I feel like this movie knows what it's doing a lot of the time with that stuff or at least some of the people involved with it did especially when we see like other characters like Razor and Blade uh, who are the uh, <coughs> creators of the titular uh, hack the planet oh my god motif they're just fucking incredible it's just like they're- what if the Joker was two people uh-huh um <laughs> With the Joker split into two people and then just like, like they remind me of, um, they're kind of like this, this Greek chorus almost that they just like show up and are like, here's what hacking is. Oh, use a payphone, do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and then they're like brought into the main action of the film at the end, which is really great. But, um, at their party, at their at party, their middle of the day, <laughs> Hacker party <laughs> with rap rock and like all these people wearing these like uh like weird New York 90s party scene like outfits. Like I feel like like they're can they're you know yeah, just like just this ambient draggy daytime rap rock hacker party. Right. That is I Okay, I know this wasn't actually what the 90s were like, but at the same time, I feel like I was born at the wrong time because right. I should have been at that middle of the day yeah. hacker party with like in like a not I actually wouldn't be wearing that cool of an outfit, but I would be around people right. with like you would be cool the Joey, cyberpunk perhaps. I might be the Joey, perhaps. That's that's fine. I'm I'm content with being the Joey. He is a very supportive mom. Um <laughs> that's and true. like seems to have a pretty good home life for a teen hacker he's got all these cool older friends who he may or may not be dating like oh they're definitely dating just like razor and blade are definitely like every time we see razor and blade they're just like lounging together on this like weird giant sofa and like they're very queer coded like i would say probably the most obviously queer coded characters in the whole movie um and they just like live in this weird sort of uh, above the, they have a complex above the like a uh, 24 hour fucking hacker uh, rap rock party with a big giant robot gun arm that uh, keeps out intruders. So cool. um, they're so cool. They're the coolest people on earth. I seeing this movie. There's a line where they talk about how like a certain uh, TV network that wishes to remain nameless, whichever one <laughs> is the network that owns the movie studio that made this movie uh, <laughs> would like to pick up our show. And I'm just like, Oh my god, yes, give me the spin-off TV series about the lives of these two guys this whole time. Which 
Oh, we should have gotten that. Apparently, so it would have been a nightmare to see, but I would have watched it. I, I guess as I was re- again reading up a little bit about this movie earlier, and I haven't seen much of this show. I saw like a little bit of the first season, but I guess Mr. Robot basically brings these two characters back and just doesn't refer to them no! by name. What really? That's really cool. That's my I'm understanding, so happy for Mr. Robot. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't watch that much of it. Wait, our Razor and Blade. I mean, there <laughs> is the character played by BD Wong who wears a lot of makeup, but she's not really like uh, these characters. I'm just, again, I haven't seen it. I'm just going off of what I was reading on Reddit. Unless, unless. uh, Okay. Yeah. No, this is, if they're just talking about, yeah, that's, that's the character they're talking about. That is one, that's one person who is, yeah. White Rose is not, is a single entity who is not. I see. Unless Razor and Blade merged at I some point see, in the late they, 90s. Yeah, they did the fusion dance. Um, <laughs> did I, fusion I didn't dance. see later seasons of that, but so maybe that's... No, I, I looked. I just looked it up and that is what they're, that is what oh, they're talking okay. about. okay. So, yeah. Well, I don't need so, to see Mr. Robot now is what I'm hearing. Mr. Robot also has an Asian character is what this Redditor is... Uh, is who has a, who has like a, you know, like a gender... Yes. There's some... There's, there's gender you know. happening here. Got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing smacks of gender. <laughs> no, says, that's uh, what I say about hackers. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah, so basically the movie kind of progresses from there. It's like um they what ends up happening is Joey uh in a bid to kind of like prove himself to his friends uh because the the whole thing that they're, you know, big about in this movie is you have to do something crazy. You have to do something big. You do a righteous well, hack. That way, you need to do a righteous yeah, hack. Yeah, you have to do a righteous hack to prove that you're elite. That makes perfect sense. I mean, right. I'm not even a hacker. And like that I think extends to just any area in life. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Uh, which this uh, philosophy is explained to us by a character that we are then uh, introduced to later on that is also part of their group called Lord Nikon, who has this great scene where they like... <laughs> they <laughs> the open the door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so cute. It's so adorable. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. They um, they go to go see Lord Nikon to go hang out with him, um, and he opens the door and he's like wearing this really big billowy sweatshirt um and like it just looks like a robe like it looks like yeah. he's wearing a fucking jedi robe over his head like he looks totally. like a palpatine but it's a it also looks like it's waterproof jedi <laughs> robe though. like there's a little bit of like a cyberpunk tech wear jedi robe uh yeah and it's so, like they present him in that light too like they present him as if he's like yeah. gonna be some kind of obi-wan like like very dour like teacher figure or whatever and then uh they ask him it's like uh, he asks like you done anything and he's like no because he doesn't want to reveal that he is the 11 year old that uh, brought down a thousand computers overnight or whatever and he just shuts the door on their faces <laughs> um and when they open it up again he like takes off the sweatshirt or whatever and is talking to matthew lillard and matthew lillard's like hey man can I like, can I crash with you? And he's like, again? Ah! They just like fucking love each other so much. They start like, just like dancing around and doing like <laughs> weird hand slaps and stuff. They just yeah, become doing, like, like little guard. like kung fu yeah, guy exactly. moves. Yeah, it's adorable. It's like the boy. It's, it's, what's better than this? What's better? Guys, it is dudes. better than this. Yeah. And then they're watching. It's, yeah, they watch the show where they like learn the, the famous catchphrase. Hack the planet. Hack the planet. Which. Like the fact that he was not gonna let Johnny Lee Miller in to watch this TV show, like that, that that's what they were there to do was just watch this fucking show. Oh no, that unless he, he was confirmed that he was elite, and that's so realistic too. It's just like it is. What, yeah. what does hanging out with the cool kids actually look like? 
it actually looks like we're just kind of sitting around <laughs> and uh, watching stuff or or hanging out and listening to music or whatever, smoking and doing pot or something. Smoking two cigarettes at the same time <laughs> at the hacker club while everybody rollerblades around. Yeah, there's only one that's, couch. That's what my teens were like. That's why you need the rash guards is because somebody has to sit on the floor, so they need to protect their <laughs> knees. Uh, yeah. Um, then, uh, Joey ends up, um, hacking into the system of some kind of like, um, major, um, software company. It's not really important, um, what their whole deal is, but because what is actually happening is that there is a worm inside of the computer that is basically embezzling, uh, just tiny little fractions of money, uh, here and there on a million different transactions. And they've got like $21 million or $25 million. It looks like here, um, that is being siphoned off of this, uh, uh, computer by what the plague, which is Fisher Stevens's character, who is uh, the hi- cybersecurity expert for um, Ellingson Ellingson uh, transactions, I think is what it's called. Um, and he is going to make off with this money with uh, who did you say it was? Uh, L- Lorraine Bracco was that Lorraine Bracco? Yeah, um, Lorraine Bracco as what is that character? What is this character's name? Margot Wallace. Margo, right. she oh, is the who doesn't know shit. She doesn't know fucking shit. She is the she's the PR officer for the right. company, right? And they are um, just sleeping together. It's not an affair or anything. It seems like it, but they're just no, no. Um, it's like but, they're uh, in cahoots to steal a bunch of money, basically. Yes. And, and while say, they're at it, they're also having sex. Okay, the way that we are introduced to Fisher Stevens' character is that. <laughs> um, Ken Gillette <laughs> yes, who's also in this movie is in this movie and he's just like this like the tech assistant guy who is just like watching when Joey does the hack into the, the company and he, and he calls up Fisher Stevens and is like uh sir uh yep there's been a disturbance and uh and he's just like alright and you don't see him and he's just like oh, okay I'll commit don't call me Eugene <laughs> Yeah, I'm the plague. Um, uh, then it's sorry, Pendul- Mr. Plague? Uh, Mr. The Mr. Plague? Mr. Mr. The Plague? Mr. The Plague. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Penchalette is wearing a, like a jumpsuit and these round sunglasses, which in itself is like a, it's not the most outlandish look in the movie. No, no. But it's a pretty good look. Um, but he is so, playing like the most toned de- like if you didn't know that was Penn Jillette, you would not know that that was Penn Jillette, you know like he's not playing a character or he's not playing a character that Penn Jillette no, plays when there. he's in movies sometimes he's, he's just, just kind of there he's there um, and so he calls in Fisher Stevens and he rolls up into the <laughs> server room on a skateboard wearing an enormous fur coat and a scarf and just like with his slick back magician ass looking hair and facial hair he looks my guy looks like so much like a magician it's fucking crazy <laughs> like this guy does close up magic he absolutely does oh yeah 100 that's and, uh, how he met uh margo actually that's how they right. ended up dating in the yeah. first place and he rolls up and is just like all right, what do we got? A couple console cowboys. Let's shut them down. I'm the plague. I type on a keyboard that has round things with no letters on them. <laughs> right. Um, he literally says, as he's rolling up on his skateboard, he he kicks it up into the air, grabs it, and says, <laughs> "Never fear, I is here." Oh my god, he is. God, he's it's incredible. Um, he's incredible. Yeah, so oh, they, you know who else was yeah. in contention to play his role in this movie? Who? Quentin Tarantino. Wow. <laughs> I, I can see that. Totally. I absolutely can see that. Written Directino himself. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, so he shuts down this hack, or, or he doesn't shut it down. Um, what shuts it down is his mom coming in, Joey's mom coming right. in and turning off his computer. And then so Joey only gets like half of the download, which is how that works. That's how that and, works, uh, yeah. Hides it with his, his pornos and his cigarettes up <laughs> in the ceiling. And, uh, Which literally when his mom enters the room, it is him doing the fucking thing of like putting out his cigarettes and like doing the spray air freshener into the air yeah. as she's at the door, which is just like, it's just like, oh, I love that. Like, this is a reality where that works, where this kid, where this kid isn't immediately caught six inches from the door. Like the way he's laying on his bed, his like head is right where his mom opens the door and he has a... I forget what those are called. Like one of those chain locks on his door to his bedroom. Oh, yeah. It's just such a weird looking thing. Like that are on apartment building doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like how realistically small his room is for New York. Oh, yeah. Is that uh, how that is? Well, most people's actually. Yeah, no. But, I mean, yeah. New York is, is cramped and stuff, right? And, and media often is just like, here's my New York apartment. Mm. It's fucking gigantic. The only person in this movie who has like a cavernous huge apartment is Angelina Jolie's character, Kate, who is- She's supposed to be rich, rich right? Yeah, because her unseen mother, uh, and this never really becomes a plot point, but they do mention it a few times, that her mom is a best-selling author who writes self-help books for women. Right, with, with like one of the books that they uh, show at her party, at her big cool party, because literally everyone in this movie is always throwing a party sometime, somewhere. Yeah, why not? It's the 90s, baby. Of course, yeah. Nothing bad is ever going to happen um, seven years from now Go or for whatever. It. It's the 90s. <laughs> um, one of the books that her mom wrote is um, like, what is it? It's for self-help for women who love men who are emotional am- amoebas or something like uh-huh. that. Um, and that is when she is asked to write a thing on uh, the wall at the earlier on in the movie, uh, she uses a quote from her mom's own books and like her cool teacher or cool New York English teacher guys like, I don't think uh, quotes from your own mother count for this class. Uh-huh. Uh, and she's like, my mom's last book sold two million copies. So it's just like, yeah, I'm not sure if she because her richness like you said it never really comes up in the film but it just feels so at odds with like their whole thing i guess it allows them why she can have such a nice laptop that's true yeah yeah. it's why she can have a nice laptop it's why she's got like a fancy bedroom with a metropolis poster risk architecture is gonna change everything (laughs) oh my god it's got i got that cool kind of laptop that projects the screen backwards onto whatever is Uh behind it so that when you're looking at the computer it shows the screen on your face and also during that scene, like they, so they find her at the party. They find her like cool laptop. We are introduced earlier on to the fact that she has like a slick boyfriend who's just like, they ask like, what's he do? It's just like, just that. He just looks slick all day. <laughs> and Which who is, a good is like kind of disgusted by That's the, f- the dream day. That's the dream gig. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's what I wished I was doing in high school instead of, I don't know, um, embarrassing myself at speech meets or something. Uh, and, during that scene, he 
um, they, like they start making out and they're like watching and commentating on their like makeout strategies uh, in this room because it's a big dark room and they don't see them or whatever. And then um, they uh, reveal that they are in the room watching this this whole time or whatever. And then he's like, and then they're like, hey, but come check out this cool fucking laptop. And she's like, yeah, I got the coolest laptop. And her boyfriend is like, Ugh, you're going to do that computer stuff. And then is never seen again in the movie and just never <laughs> becomes a factor. <laughs> Yeah, he like, hates computers. He hates, hates computers so much, he just fucking deleted himself from existence from then on. <laughs> this movie's fucking weak. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go be in Friday Night Lights or whatever. God. <laughs> hey, although he does, I will say, he's wearing um, what turned out to be, when I, I looked into this and some people on Twitter told me, um, is a 1994-1995 Arsenal goalkeeper kit. Oh, my God. Uh, which, it's that sweater that he has on in that scene that has the JVC logo fucking huge over uh-huh. it. And uh, just it has this big star all over it. It's actually an Arsenal football team, uh, football club thing. Interesting. And, uh, it exists, and I'm really thinking of getting one. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you think you can still get that style or is that a thing that Oh, like- no, I mean, people sell them on Depop and stuff. And oh, okay. I've seen a few oh, for yeah. like 25 bucks. Do it, bucks, do it, so do it. Like, yeah, yes. fucking I mean, do it. Yes, 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 yes. That, that's the you first that. step towards LB's dream is just getting everybody right? a fan bite to dress like a character <gasps> from this movie. What I want... What I want is Matthew Lillard in that same, I think it's the same party scene. He's got this like sleeveless, like glitter sweater. Uh, that's the cover of Transformer by Lou Reed, um, which is of course like the first, like, you know, Lou Reed going solo and doing this like weird glam rock album with David Bowie with this like gold glitter. Oh my God. It's like an exquisite Mm-hmm. sleeveless crop top sweater and like of a CD that I like. And music is obviously like a really big part of this movie just by virtue of the fact that like again, he Matthew Lillard's character is always like wearing like different um or wearing or referencing different musicians and stuff like that. And also the soundtrack for this movie is it's so good. Just incredible. It's like fits the fashion and the style in this sort of like steamy, smoky version of 90s New York that existed in every movie uh, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles onward. It fits it so perfectly. We've got. Hey, how many soundtracks do you think there were for the Hackers? <laughs> three? That's I'm correct. Three, yeah. There yes. were three. Oh my God. And they all have different names. Uh, really? Oh my god! I need all of them. They're, they're all well. Oh by the god. time they got to the third one, though, I think they were just like music from and inspired by the movie. Uh-huh. So they're just like, ah, oh, people fucking love this movie. Let's just make more soundtracks that kind of sound like they could be in it. it Which, that third yeah. one, is, they're all okay. So the first one is called Hackers: Colon Their Only Crime Was Curiosity: Colon Original Motion Picture Soundtrack, <laughs> which includes the Voodoo People. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, Carl Cox, Orbital of the Prodigy, Stereo MCs, Urban Dance Squad. Fuck. Uh, who are they? yes. They're the ones who are in the movie. Oh, really? Is that who's on I stage? I believe so, yeah. Okay. That's who's on stage at the at the coolest party that's ever happened, especially in the middle of the day. Uh, there's a song uh, by Machines of Loving Grace called uh, Rich's Junkie Still Alive, parentheses, Sank Remix, which I just love that they have a remix of that song in this film. Then you get to, uh, so there's there's this first scene soundtrack, and then there's the second soundtrack is called Hackers Squared, music from and inspired by the original motion picture Hackers. 
And then mm-hmm. the third one is Hackers Cubed with like the, nice. the stylized uh, two and the three. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, that one, by the time you get to that one, music inspired by hackers, we get Moby. Moby's yeah. on this one. Fuck yeah, dude. That, when I'm listening to, when I'm ready to hack, when I'm ready to uh, squat up with my keyboard and become a real council cowboy, I want to get into the mood with some Moby. Hell yeah, my dudes. We got, what's the, I, Moby had some, some beats in 90s. Like, uh, yeah. What, what's the, da, 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 da. Sort of like that, you know? Yeah, just like that. Um, that's my favorite, Moby. Oh, uh, Moby's on the second one, too, actually. I just see. Southside? Oh, that was 99. Uh, Here we are orb. now. Going to the Southside. Yeah, that's the one. That's like when I got on board with Moby. Southside? Or the 99. orb? Mm, yeah, 99. We were all on board with Moby for a while there, I think. They did actually I was get- definitely on board. Uh, they did actually, for the second soundtrack, they did get uh, David Bowie on this one. Uh, a, there you go. A Danny Saber dance mix of Little Wonder, apparently, on mm. on that one. <sighs> I really need to get this uh, this hackers their only crime was curiosity on cassette tape. Mm. Yeah, uh, soundtrack. They should. Uh. They really what they should have done is sold the sound sold the soundtrack that Matthew Lillard's character sells in the movie. Right. Just like just yeah. put out a really insensitive tape of like <laughs> <laughs> artists who drowned in their own vomit. Right. I mean, he's so delighted by his own concept though, that like it makes it I feel like I can only buy it from Matthew. Yeah. Himself. Right. You, you, you have to buy it on stores. a street. You can't get this in stores, man. <laughs> Yeah, you can't, uh, but you know, you famously, you can't f- buy fucking Jimi Hendrix in a store anywhere. They won't allow well, it. No, anymore. you can't. You can't get this exact compilation. No, in that's stores. true. You can get each individual not artist, available in yeah. stores, but you can't get this this little little piece of history in stores. Right. Yeah. Um. And then, God. So yeah, the movie uh, from there, um, they figure out that what's going on. Um, they were getting framed for a, a crime that they didn't commit, which is to basically, which seems, mm, it seems, it drastic for what the plague has planned here, what Fisher Stevens has planned. But his plan, a little drastic, yeah, yeah. Uh, although I do kind of, I'll get to that part, I guess. Uh, I, do, I kind of appreciate one part of it, but it's basically his plan is to frame them for a super virus called Da Vinci that he creates basically on the fly uh, d- to pretend to be a terrorist or to make them look like terrorists that is trying to um, capsize a bunch of oil tankers across the planet um, and cause like a massive worldwide ecological disaster <laughs> um, to cover for spoiler his alert. He's not pretending to make it. He made it and it will do that. It will absolutely do that. And he like oh, <laughs> tries to get it done. He tries to make it happen because it's like without a crime you know, uh, or if a crime like that gets committed, it's basically like, oh, it's a done deal. These fucking stupid cops. Again, cops, just the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet in this way that will believe anything and can be manipulated into doing anything, which is very, very accurate. Um, as long as like this thing goes through and happens, they will, all of these kids are going to jail. Um, 
immediately. And that's like also throughout this, he's like threatening to send his mother to jail to Johnny Lee Miller's mother by basically like creating a false identity for her that gets her picked up on felony charges and then erasing that file. So she'll just be disappeared into the system, which is like a fucking terrifying concept like is just this horrible thing that he just threatens to do casually to to this teenager um and fisher stevens i could definitely see i like him a lot as this sort of like um outsized man child who's just constantly eating candy and not dressing himself um for the day like uh i think it's uh uh, Lorraine Bracco's character uh, says like still dressing yourself in the dark I see <laughs> Eugene and then he's like don't call me Eugene again um, and uh, oh I'm sorry here uh, he's dressing himself very he's dressing himself very intentionally as a magician oh totally totally sorry I got distracted uh, with for a second by this skateboard uh, and his uh, leather trench coat mm-hmm. that he wears skateboarding around the office yeah it's fucking wild the use of him and like the fact that everybody else has is there like a significance to everybody else using rollerblades but he has a skateboard mm. oh yeah i don't know Interesting. i mean yeah well okay so let's see uh skate uh skateboard is one thing skates you need multiple and skates represent working together in harmony to achieve a goal skateboard is one person on his own he believes that everyone is an atomized individual and uh that they are samurai mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, need to fight mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they only have temporary alliances not friendships or relationships that is the significance of the skateboard versus the rollerblades thank you also two rollerblades um that's just uh it's two which means that that's why they're all bisexual uh it just like indicates that they're ah. all dating each other um perfectly so makes sense but one skateboard one skateboard the only means he doesn't even have room in his heart for love no just like these weird awkward hey sexual encounters i have a with question yeah yes uh if i go to uh if i go to a site that i like to call archive of our own yeah 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 yeah. Uh, i'm now curious is there uh any is there any fan fiction about plague is there any fan fiction about the movie hackers from 1995 100 percent there is i bet it's hard to find because there's probably enough things called hackers that it's probably a little bit difficult let me see I mean, um, let's. Uh, why is this so hard? Your search. It's not if you're, you're. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a console cowboy. Is my. I, as a as a console cowboy. Okay. Uh, I search uh, hackers. We've got 13 items found for in the fandom hackers 1995. That feels low. Uh, I wasn't expecting yes. a ton, but that still feels low. I was expecting at least triple digits. Triple digits. Yeah, like I was expecting like and maybe yet, a low hundred. Wait, sorry. Freeform no. alternate universe hackers two hundred and eleven. There you go. Okay, but that's that's not the movie hackers. That's a hacker. Like, no, that's I like know. a hacking alternate universe. Yeah, no, no, I know. But it's where just, just like, the characters are hackers. It's just like respect the original, you know. Well, maybe this uh, is right. their way of respecting it. Maybe everybody saw this movie and it's just like, I want to transplant all of the ideas and themes and fashion and look of this movie into all of my media. Now, this is upsetting to me because I'm looking at child tags um, and you've got brief mentioning of Dade from Hackers, 
brief mentioning of Kate from Hackers. And then you have most mm-hmm. of the characters. Um, but there's no tags for the plague. Interesting. Yeah, plague is not in any of these. Now, I was uh, going to see if there was any dade plague fic. Oh. So here's my plague. suggestion. If that exists, it would have been uh, 95, so it would have been on like... That would have been passed around the, on IRC channels. It would have been on the fucking... Uh, what, what were the... What was that shit Fan called? Where all, everything used to live? No, no, no. Before that. The, uh, you know, where everybody did their internet things and they had their little use oh, gr- Usenet groups. Everyone, oh, been used, Usenet oh groups. Usenet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then it would have maybe... I don't know when Yahoo groups started, uh, but Yahoo groups were then... They were the next thing. Yeah. So that was Usenet, then Yahoo Groups, then fanfiction.net. AO3 doesn't come around until like. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if there, I'm sure there, somebody wrote those, um, but those would have been passed around in the old internet, the right. old non centralized internet, uh, and not and not be made available well, but, to. Uh, but the thing about archivists that they have like incorporated others' distinctiveness into their own, as I understand. Okay. Sort of board So looking like. at fanfiction. Yeah. Uh, you, I believe it's a little, yes, but it is, it's an opt-in thing. They haven't just like taken. No, no, no. I'm not saying, no, no, no. Yeah. So I'm not saying they've on taken fanfiction.net, like, yeah. fanfiction.net, yeah. it looks like we've got 15 stories. Um, but wait, actually, I think I probably have well, filtered. Yeah. I only have K through teen. So let's go to ratings. Oh, all. please. 18 stories. Give us the real uh, shit. Yeah. Give us that real nasty hacker shit. Okay. ICQ 74871797300. Legit quick Western Uni PayPal banks transfer high. This is a what? a name of this is not a fanfic. This is just a scam. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, this is such a cool name for a fic. Well, <laughs> what a better my, way to celebrate the movie Hackers than to have LB just get their identity stolen <laughs> on the recording. Well, on fanfiction.net. Can you imagine getting identity thefted? Amazing. On fanfiction.net. Well, uh, my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined uh, at the lack of hackers fanfiction. Uh, but looking, but I'm we looking. still have the original hackers, which is is a blessing. So basically, um, they they sort of figure out this plot because their friend Boy Meets World is Joey is arrested, and um, they they try to put they try to frame him for this virus thing, and then they they sort of realize like who's behind it. It's Fisher Stevens, and he makes he uh, yeah blackmails Dade into uh, giving him the disc, and in a scene in which he sketches on his skateboard uh-huh. alongside so a cool. limousine in his fur coat, uh-huh. grabs the disc like as he's skating, and then grabs back onto the limo and drives away. Yeah, the most untraceable form of doing a handoff as any right. uh, professional espionage. Totally agent inconspicuous, will tell you. and also it's in one of those great, really foggy New York alleys, uh-huh. which do not, which do not exist, which literally do um, not exist. Yeah, that's not a place. <laughs> There's one place in New York City that looks like that, basically, and it's um, always rented out. Like that's a thing, yes, right? Like it's yes. it, there's one alley um, in New York, and every movie studio is constantly like uh, vying for uh, time in it. Because those alleys are much more characteristic of a city like Chicago mm-hmm. than New York, but everyone thinks that's what New York looks like, so they just always have to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, then that's kind of weird too because they're like really upset that he betrayed them, but like they have a cop 
be like yeah it's so str- like that part doesn't really make much so sense he to just me. he just needed to know how much they got basically yeah like, he just needed to know like how much they had on them and then he finds out oh shit they do have enough to get us right so we have to get them and then basically we get the the lead up to the big climactic scene where they stage this like mass hack uh with their personal army it is in um, fact the planet that hacks them it yes Yes. Um, With the help of Razor and Blade, who still, again, I just fucking love. So, yeah, they all go to Grand Central Station. Well, first of all, they have to, you know, break into stuff and, like, steal documents and, like, get all the codes and things. And then they have this huge hack where they're all have their laptops at the the payphones and um, are just doing Matrix-esque stuff of, like, diving into the computers. And um, Dade has... A fucking what looks like an R zone on his his goddamn face. A what? Um, sorry, the R zone is a. Uh, it actually came out much later. Wait, no. Wait, is is he just wearing a fucking R zone? Okay. Um. So you know Tiger Electronics, like, do you know those old games that you would buy at like a drugstore that were like an LED or L, um, LCD screen? Like a Tiger like, Electronic type thing. Yeah, like a Tiger Electronic type thing. I'll be, do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. But I'm also low key reading Razor Blade fan fiction (laughs) from 2001 that I found on (laughs) fanfiction.net. But sorry, I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing a podcast right now. I can read this later. Tiger Handheld was just like, um, if you just search Tiger Handheld, uh, there were just these really cheap adaptations of games that were, um, you would just buy. And uh, yeah, I had a Spider Man like drugstore. One. I had a few of these. I definitely okay, had like, okay, a Bart okay, Man okay. one. And um, I definitely they remember were, seeing You know, these. they were really bad. They were really low quality, but also. Really oh, cheap. yeah. But then. But they're very cool looking. Nintendo. Oh, they're very cool looking. Nintendo made um, the Virtual Boy in the 90s, right? And so Tiger was like, oh, let's just do whatever Nintendo is doing. So let's also make something that is horrible and red. <laughs> sucks, and yeah. yeah. And uh, it's the R zone, which projects it onto a tiny little screen in front of your eye, and you have to close the other eye. The Virtual Boy was at least goggles. This is just like one thing that you wear, and like look at the picture of it in chat oh and, and viewers. Look it up. It's incredible. This is basically what Dade is wearing when he does the. Yeah, the I mean, it's got to help hack. you with your hacks. I mean, he yeah. hacks the R zone to make it. To help him with, I feel like this would really help me out. One of these guys just yeah. put it over my head because yeah. I've got my three. I've got you know two monitors hooked up to a laptop. I feel like with just like this guy on there, I could just like I don't need a whole new, another additional monitor. I just need like a tiny screen in front of my eye that sucks. Is that what this is? A tiny screen like in front of your eye that sucks. Is. I mean, that's basically you're describing Google Glass. Um, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm describing this cool hackers thing. It's not Google Glass. <laughs> this cool hackers thing that is just like the shot that I'm looking at right now that we're, we've got in the oh, chat no. here right now is a, oh. a, a person who is uh, false advertising to us because one, they're not closing their one eye. And I already just even before you explain how that works, Merritt, I know that this isn't going to work. Uh, also now. Oh, my God. This image. <laughs> pictures of actual people using this thing oh my god, oh my god no. and it's the worst it's the worst 
Um, yeah, this is a picture of somebody who inherited Fisher Stevens goatee from this movie wearing the R zone. Oh my God. We need to, we need to move on. We need to move on. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't, I have to close this window. Um, uh, yeah, they beat, uh, they beat him. He gets picked up. Uh, they all, they all get arrested by the secret service again because they do get framed, but, um, they do manage to, um, get out a disc that had a floppy disc because uh, for some reason, Matthew Lillard's character uh, serial killer is not uh, arrested with the rest of them. Uh, so they throw a floppy disc with uh, the incriminating evidence of the bank account where all the embezzled money is going. And um, <laughs> Matthew Lillard uh, digs through the trash in uh, wh- where did you say it was merit? Uh, what grand central, grand central station? station is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it digs through the trash and then goes on hack the planet and yeah shows shows all this information and whatnot and then uh, we get a shot of um, Margot and the plague having sex um, in their apartment or whatever uh, av- after celebrating and um, th- her name gets said on hack the planet which is playing on like every TV screen. Uh, including Times Square's big monitor uh, in the world, showing off all this stuff and saying like, and it was these two people who did it. And she like bolts upright um, in bed with uh, the plague, like, holy shit, I've been incriminated or whatever. And says like, this is where the movie just becomes a cartoon for five seconds because she's like, what are we going to do about this? And then she (laughs) looks at where this other naked man should have been sitting next to her this whole time. And he has disappeared like fucking foghorn leg escaping from the far like, yeah there's like a cloud of dust settling where he was <laughs> and uh the next we see him he is on a oh plane dressed as like an old man <laughs> flying to okay. japan he's got this big beard. Uh, his name he's going under the name babbage right and, uh charles like the babbage Babbages? well the store babbages is named after charles babbage who is the inventor of the difference engine what is the difference so basically is? Uh, it's basically the first computer. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. That's a cool. You're such a, you're so elite, Mary. Yeah. yeah. You know, all this cool I'm stuff. So I took a class in uh, grad school on the history of science and technology. Mm-hmm. So you saw hackers about... once and you were like, well, I need uh, to be yeah. like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then he gets, uh, like, there's, uh, again, a very cartoonish scene of, they're in the air, they're, like, 50,000 feet in the air or whatever, and he, like, reaches back to grab a pillow, and there's, like, 30 cops, including, like, the main um, secret mm-hmm. security guy, who apparently were on this plane, but the whole thing is shot as if he, had, like, as if it took place, I don't know, in, like, a train station or something, and not in a moving airplane, and there's, like, 30 cops who have just magically appeared behind him to handcuff him, and he's like, no! Oh, crucially, fear. he jokes. He makes a goof when he says, I'll never fly this airline again. Yes, yeah, stewardess. It's such a good, it's so good. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this, this movie has just become a cartoon yeah. for this, like, but the thing is, it's like, the two of them are just a cartoon. Like, they are Oh, yeah, no, they're, cartoon they're villains. cartoon villains, yeah. Lorraine Bracco in this movie, like, I think about the way she, her, she reads her lines, all the time. It's so weird. Like it's, it's very like strange. She's Academy Award like, nominated like actress there. Lorraine no, Bracco. Right. She's, she's like ADR actress. But yeah, she's ADR in parts of this movie, right? Yeah, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so jarring weird. and weird. The tone is so stilted and bizarre, and her wig is so funny. And like she has all these. I just like I love her. 
I love Lorraine Bracco generally. And her vibe in this is just like, she's like, okay, I guess I'm doing this stupid hacking movie where I'm a cartoon villain. Guess I'll be a cartoon villain yeah. then. And she just like doesn't seem to care that much and seems to be having like a very nice time. And I'm just happy yeah. for her. Also, like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I, fucking, I like money and he's good enough in bed, I guess. So I guess we'll just go along with this. I don't know. Rabbits, brain cancer. Ah, yeah. Lorraine Bracco pulled like this incredible prank on uh, a friend of mine. I'm like really like my partner's best friend um, that like I think about all the time because I, and just makes me love her. So like I'm going to have to tell this Lorraine Bracco story now. Yes, I'm uh, please. Uh, so uh, our friend... Uh, was working. He's he's an electrician. He was working on the show Rizzoli and Isles. Oh. Uh, he's like one of these guys who is just like just a nice dude, and like he had like a good sense of humor and like people like kind of making fun of him in like a nice way. So there, I guess they had this joke where they would sing him like pretend it was his birthday constantly, okay. and like stop everything and sing Happy <laughs> Birthday and be like Daryl, it's your birthday, like Happy Birthday, Daryl. <laughs> Like he's this, you know, he's like six five and just like oh, okay, ha ha ha, very funny. Oh, all right, and he's like a major. He's like a huge Goodfellas fan. Um, and he and Lorraine Bracco, I guess, kept, got friendly on the show, and they have these screenings in LA at this cemetery called Hollywood Forever, where they like do an outdoor screening. It's really fun. They did one for Goodfellas, and she went, and it was like a big deal because I guess she hadn't ever been in to, like done a public screening oh. before. And she was like, Daryl, I know you're a big Goodfellas fan. Like, you should come be my guest. Which is, like, very nice. Very cool, nice thing to do. And so she's there, like, giving us, you know, she's, like, doing a Q&A. And she's like, wait, everybody. Like, my I brought my friend here, and it's his birthday. <laughs> 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 we all sing happy birthday to Daryl. Uh, uh, <laughs> it wasn't his birthday. <laughs> she just invited him to a screening of Goodfellas and made everybody sing happy birthday to him oh, when it wasn't his birthday. <laughs> A Wonderful. bunch of people who thought it was his birthday by the sound of it. <laughs> like very it's such sincerely. A weird, it's such a weird, like good natured prank yeah. that and, and like, yeah, I just think about that every time I see Lorraine Bracco now. And like, especially Lorraine Bracco in this movie, just being like, okay, this is like I'm gonna say these stupid fucking lines like I'm the dumbest person on the planet, because it's fun. <laughs> like, ah. Uh. I love so, it. So yeah, shout out sh- big shouts to Lorraine Bracco. Fucking, we love you. Oh god, we love a real one. Um, I do. Yeah, and that's that I mean that's basically hackers, right? I don't is there anything other major that like we need to that really address? I have one last note on my thing here which is that this movie is basically just the story of a single mom trying to get her nerdy son laid the entire movie. Um cuz Oh my god. The, earlier on yeah. you talked about how this movie is just like <laughs> full of like parents that are just like cool with their uh children going to parties and stuff. It's more than that. It's like literally the entire time that um Johnny Lee Miller's character I keep, I keep wanting to say um Deed. Dade, yeah. Dade. Uh, every time Dade is like interacting with his mom, it's just his mom basically like trying to um, uh, encourage him to find a girl to go have sex with. And then, which culminates in a very early scene in the movie where he like goes into the bathroom to take a shower and like turns to her and says, And I'm still a virgin. And then slams the door <laughs> on his mother. You know, wait, with just this like incredible, like sort of like, oh, come on, mom, stop trying to get me to have sex, would you? Kind of way that is just like so, uh, so cool nineties kid type thing to do or say, and just mm, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with this movie, honestly. 
Uh, oh, and then, yeah, Jordo does mention, um, doesn't he wear a dress at the end? I don't remember for their pool date. No. Yeah, he does. They both wear dresses to the yeah. pool. They both wear it's dresses like on the date. It's like a weird... Is it? Because he says, like, oh, you look good in a dress. And she's like, you would have looked better. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I he's got like it a, looks it's like, like a, a dress, but it's like a very weird, like, just dowdy kind of dress. Right. It's like a goth, like, 90s man dress. Yeah. Right. Yes. So it's like not quite a utilicult, but it's got like, it's like an avant-garde, like, long over it's the thighs. It's plausible deniability for sure, yeah. Yeah, but he's got pants on underneath. He does, yeah. So, like, but so she's, it's he's not, not wearing the red vinyl no. No. zip-up fetish wear that she really wanted for him. Right. Um. Sadly. Yeah, like, come Third on, like, Kate. how can we Who's, never make good on that? Um, thing she's so valid, totally. Okay, she's so fucking valid. <laughs> the most valid. Yeah, we like, haven't, we haven't talked much about her, but she is very valid. Um, just very loves her computer. Uh, doesn't really care that much about her boyfriend. No. Loves time. Loves a uh, wipeout. Great at wipeout. She loves wipeout and wants to peg this weird nerd that she met at her school. Um, and has dreams about it. And that's did fine. You know, that's just did good you know for that her. they got married after this movie? They did. Yeah, the actors. And wait, really? Yeah, yeah. And they were together for a few years, and then they're not anymore. But apparently, they're still really good friends. Yeah. Um, who's Angelina Jolie married to these days? Is that the, that was a whole thing, right? It was a Brad Pitt. She's been married to like a whole bunch of people. Okay, yeah, Bradgelina. She's been very famously uh, married to several people. Uh, yes, this, this is only semi related to that, but it is related to Angelina Jolie. This is a question I had for myself um, coming out of this movie and into this podcast. Is this the best movie Angelina Jolie has been in? Oh well. I don't know. Because I'm trying to think I of mean, like other movies with Angelina Jolie that I like. And I think I like Hackers better <laughs> than most of them. Well, okay, let's see. Um, I don't, I'm not super familiar with her fem- filmography. No, me neither. But, I, my brain uh, just keeps going back to the Tomb Raider movies, which were 40 fucking years ago. So it's like not um, useful at all. There's got to be like some other good movies. Like this is definitely my favorite one that I can think of. But like there's got to be some other Oh, ones, she's gonna right? be in that new Eternals movie, that uh, Marvel movie. Apparently, she's gonna be one of them. Ah, she's Maleficent. Mm. She's in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, none of these are things I've seen. Um, Maleficent, a lot of people like. She was in Beowulf. Right, she yeah, was in. So this oh. is. Uh, she was hot in Beowulf. It wasn't a very good movie. No, but she wasn't a movie that we need to do for you. Love to see it at some point. Which I'm just seeing here, which I haven't thought about in years. But uh, wait, wait, <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> yeah um okay so um uh clint eastwood who directed her oscar-nominated performance in changeling opined that having the most beautiful face on the planet sometimes harmed her dramatic credibility with audience <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh Thanks, clint salon writer alan barra <laughs> agreed with critics who suggested that jilly's dark and intense sexuality has limited her in the types of roles she can be cast in rendering her unconvincing in many conventional women's roles. So Angelina Jolie, too beautiful Just, to, yeah. be a, to be a good actor. D- did she fail or did she in fact actually very, very much succeed? That's the question here that we must ask of all fans. So Hackers famous is people. the only Angelina Jolie movie I've ever seen. Well, you haven't seen Girl Interrupted? No. I haven't either. Mm. I've seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is not a good movie. I have not seen any of these other oh, movies. She's in Shark Tale. She's the hot fish in Shark Tale. That's right. That checks out. There's a hot fish. There's a hot fish. 
because uh, it's a DreamWorks movie. There has to be a hot version. There of has to be something. a hot something. Yeah. Um, um, she is. But the movie I was going to say though that we actually really need to do on you love to see it at some point that she was in that I think was up there with hackers at the very least is Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh God. Yeah. A fucking movie where she's like a weird sort of sky pirate with an eye patch, uh, sort of femme fatale oh, cool. type character. Also, uh, Jordan is now sharing uh, pictures of her hot fish character from Shark Tale, <laughs> and I just can't. Oh, that's it. a really sexy fish. It's a very sexy fish. Uh, I remember uh, we had Shark Tale. That's on a purse. That's not a fish. No, that's I mean, a fish. Okay, I will say that's a fish. No, that that is a fish. Face. Doesn't have a nose or arms or no. Uh, like a neck that's like a fish sona that's not like an animated it's like fish. what if jessica rabbit was a fish that's exactly what it is yeah. yeah why is it why is this fish so sexy because it's dreamworks you gotta because have something if you're making a 3d animated if you're making any animated property somewhere this somewhere is, is going to be like there needs sexy. to be a sexy version of whatever we're making what is that mm. no okay so no somebody dressed um, no somebody dressed up like the sexy fish oh, from shark tale <laughs> no can't we can't do this uh this is her character from sky captain in the world of tomorrow though which is just a much better movie than shark tale jordan needs to stop sending us sexy fish costumes. yeah, yeah. we can't deal with we do need to stop that this anymore we, we i really hate this i really hate to behold the sexy fish yeah uh it's I not do a good not movie like this. yeah i hope this doesn't awaken anything in me <laughs> oops well that well with that we probably should end the podcast before we do some damage that we cannot take back uh against yeah. merit psyche um so thank you both for joining me this week on this one yeah this was fun i'm so glad i I'm finally so glad we got to watch all this movie yeah i love this movie uh i think i have a much deeper appreciation for it now than i did when i was like five years old absolutely i do um especially <laughs> oh yeah i cannot imagine seeing this at five I, like this movie i guess it, I, it must be rated r i guess uh it's pg-13 pg-13 because like Mm-hmm. They definitely say fuck, see, and they they say a cuss, and you do see Angelina Jolie's nipples. You at do one point. see her like actual nipples, which is like oh, okay. That's the part that you can't show. There's like also fifty asses, but yeah, there is a really good weird shot of Matthew Lillard with this like sort of implied sort oh of like oral God. sex scene where he gets up and then has plumbers crack as he walks out of a building. It's God, Matthew Lillard is just such fucking goals throughout this whole movie. He's a triumph. I love him. A uh, triumph. A towering I, achievement. <laughs> I do. I think that I do feel that way. Yes. The yeah. What whatever the just... fucking holographic um, re-release, like whatever 2035 40th anniversary version of Hackers, you are allowed to M- uh, MGM. You're allowed to quote uh, LB on that one. I think um, to, to yeah. call this movie a triumph. Yeah, and Matthew Lillard especially is a triumph. Yeah, is triumphant in this movie. Yeah, I love him so much. Felicity Huffman is in this movie. Anyway, yeah, she is the lawyer at the beginning who I thought was uh, Scully. Oh, uh, really? She's the lawyer who prosecutes 11 year old. I thought that was Jillian Anderson, but that is, in fact, Felicity Huffman. Yeah. Prosecuting a child for cool crimes. Yep. A thing that everybody just acts like is the most normal thing in the world in this movie. It's just like, yeah, of course you would find the parents $45,000 for the actions of an 11 year old and then put them on probation for seven years where they're not allowed to use telephones. Absolutely. (laughs) It's presented so credulously. I love it. Oh my God. 
we could keep talking about this movie, uh, but we should wrap up. I think we've been going for a little bit here. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Jordan for being our producer on this show and all of the shows at fanbyte.com, which you can find on fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can also uh, support us and those shows that we do by telling a friend about our show. It's uh, basically the best way you can support us. And it's the only way we grow really. Uh, then another way that you can you know support us a little bit if you want is to, or to just show that you like our sh- stuff is to go to your podcatcher of choice iTunes, Spotify, whatever it happens to be, and leave us a rating and a review. That helps a lot, too. Uh, you can also go to fanbyte.com to read all of our great articles, because we also have a website, too, in case you just know us from our podcast. We we do a lot of written material that is very, very good. Uh, Merritt had a piece recently about uh, what every character in Destiny 2 smells like, which is very good. Amazing. Uh, and LB of course uh, handles uh, Fanfight our wrestling and MMA focused division uh, which is just fucking every week has something new that is really really good that you should definitely check out and read if you have if you you don't watch wrestling you should absolutely go read everything that LB edits and writes uh, because it's all great thank you um and if you want to follow Fanbyte, you can go to at Fanbyte Media on Twitter and if you if people want to follow you LB where can they do that you can find me on Twitter at Hunk Tears. Oh, you can find you. You can there. also okay. Everyone can find me there, oh. uh, where I will not be tweeting <laughs> because I will be reading. I will be reading this uh, this Razor and Blade fan fiction that was written in two thousand one. Uh, it's four thousand words long. Oh my! Very God. excited about it. Oh, it's not it written in the first person. It's not the longest. Four thousand. That's pretty long for fanfiction.net. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Merritt, where can people find you in any fanfiction that you might post? Uh, well, I, my, my AO3 account will always be anonymous. Um, (laughs) no one will ever get that out of me. Um, but my Twitter account is at Merrick K. Uh, awesome. And you can follow Jordan on Twitter as well at, at Jordan underscore Mallory. I am at Steven Strum on Twitter. Uh, we will be back again next week with another episode of you love to see it where we'll figure out a movie to watch, uh, at some point, probably not sky captain in the worlds of tomorrow, but you know, maybe one day, uh, in the meantime, uh, I don't know how I haven't been on this show in so long. How does Danielle usually close these out? Um, you just the you say the name of the podcast. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, until next time, then you love to see it. Bye. Bye. Bye.